You're listening to Aesthetically Speaking. On this podcast, we're talking about all things branding, logos, colors, fonts, and the strategy behind it all. It seems like these days it's easier than ever to build an audience, but harder than ever to stand out online. My name's Rebecca, and I'm a brand strategist and designer. I'm here with my sister, Abby, a lawyer who needs a creative outlet. Together, we're going to talk about how to bring your brand to life. What we're going to talk about today is analyzing my, Rebecca's, favorite brands. I want you to know I came prepared. Good. I looked through my house and I thought, what what would I say are my favorite brands too? So I don't have any deep or, you know, evidence-backed thoughts, but I do have opinions as a consumer. So stay tuned for those as well. I love it. All the brands that I've thought of, well, I should say most Most of the brands that I've thought of, I would say are ones that everyone will be familiar with. They're kind of like the household names, but I wanted to go one level deeper than just like Coca-Cola, Apple, because that's, I feel like when you look at, you know, if you Google, what is a brand? Those are the examples that come up. And I am nowhere close to building a brand the size of Google or Coca-Cola or any of those. Well, I don't know when, when Apple and Coca-Cola do something I just assume that it's good. I don't have it. Yes. I don't discern it anymore because they are so ubiquitous that it's whatever they do must be the right thing to do. Right. Even though the last Apple ad that I watched, I thought the animation was really ugly. And I will say that. Have you seen Apple or no, it was Verizon did a series of ads with Apple talking about privacy. No. Interesting. I can't remember when it, I can't remember the last time that I like actually watched ads on TV. It must've been during the Olympics or something. Or you were watching Peacock because or I was watching Peacock. You. Yeah. Yeah. But they had a series of ads and it was all these situations where they, you would want somebody to be locked out, you know, so somebody like trying to climb a fence or right. somebody trying to break into your house or somebody getting, you know, all these things. And then they compared that to your phone. Like there are some things that you just want people to stay out of. And it was like, Apple has the best security, blah, blah, blah. Interesting. Anyway, made me think of you. That would that would be persuasive to me because I'm always It was very persuasive to me. Yeah. Like it, if I'm security, I'm one of those people who's so paranoid that I don't even have facial recognition on my phone. Yes. I always tell people that and they're like, no. I'm like, no, yeah. But really I know. And they're like, what? I made one of my coworkers delete TikTok today. She uh, was like, Oh, I don't go on it. And I was, don't you know, it's watching you. Whether or not you're on it, it's listening to your voice. It's filming your face. Yep. It doesn't and she matter. was like, is it really? And I was like, yes, everybody, read your privacy settings. <laughs> there's Abby's tip of the day. Read your privacy settings. Yeah, there, there's my Or soapbox. listen to people who do. Yeah. Because I don't read my privacy settings, but I will never download a period tracker app because of what you've told me. Yep. So there you go. Okay, so let's talk about my favorite brands. We're going to start with, I'm actually going to one of my very favorite brands, which I feel like is appropriate because I'm from Texas, is the Magnolia slash Joanna Gaines brand. So do you mean Chip and JoJo generally, like HGTV or their product line? Both, but I actually think more specifically their like Magnolia experience. The empire. Yes, yes. Exactly. Because, okay, so I, and I did minimal research on this because I didn't want to be swayed by what other people had said about Joanna Gaines. So I literally read an article about her on the Encyclopedia Britannica. Bet you didn't know that she's in there, but she is. 
Didn't know that. Didn't know that Encyclopedia Britannica still existed. <laughs> there you go. I was like trying to look for something that wasn't just a blog article, but that would just give me, you know, basic facts. Because right. I I really think that Joanna Gaines is a genius. I think she's super talented. I think she has a beautiful eye and she has created a brand where it's kind of like they say in You've Got Mail, if she likes it, it sells. She's a tastemaker. Yes, she's a tastemaker. Like she defines what is popular now. She took that plywood and she said, put it on the ceiling. And America said, yes, we will. (laughs) Well, did you know that she actually has no formal design training whatsoever? I did not know that. She and Chip started working together. He had like a home renovation company or he started it. I think they were already married or something. Anyway, so he was doing that and she basically started helping with the interior design just because she liked it and thought it was fun and people liked having her help. And so it kind of evolved from there. Somewhere along the road, she started a blog. She was featured on some news station or something, but then HGTV kind of picked him up. And what's interesting to me about Chip and Joe as like the personalities is that they were not the first couple to do like a house flipping series on HGTV. Yeah. There, how many have there been? There's been dozens. I couldn't even tell you. Yeah. So many. And, you know, they were not the first couple to do the renovations and the design aspect, but I really feel like they were so personable and likable. And then on top of that, her designs were good or at least good enough. Even if you go back to their earlier episodes, this is no shade on Joanna because I love her, but she wasn't that good. Interesting. Like looking, and part of it is just, you look back and you're like, I can't believe that was ever in style. Right. Nothing from 10 years ago looks that good anymore. Right. Right. Except I am still wearing skinny jeans and I refuse. I refuse to change. I'm sorry. I keep getting these ads for stretchy jeans. And I'm like, those are jeggings. Those are called jeggings. We all tried them. And guess what? They were amazing. They're fantastic. And you idiots got rid of them. And you got rid of them because you thought everybody just wanted to wear two sleeping bags on their legs, but it's not true. I want people to see that my ankles are skinnier than my knees. I want them to know. My ankles are the only skinny thing about me, so I have to have something that's skinny at the ankles. That's all I have left. Yeah, I did try. I tried on my husband's jeans yesterday. Oh. Add a belt and they would fit. Oh, yeah. And they'd look real trendy. Yes. Okay, so Chip and Joe, they didn't start out at the top. They started at the at the middle, at the they bottom. They were just normal people. And I think their brand was basically built on two things. It was built on their personalities, them willing to just be their normal selves on TV. Joe is a little bit, Joe, as if I know her. I'm like my friend Joe. But she's a little bit more like straightforward and reserved. And Chip is like loud and funny and does random things and runs into the wall and stuff. And they just brought that into it and didn't try to be something that they're not. And then the other thing that I feel like their brand is built on is just really beautiful experiences. This is like my hot take on branding, if you will. Creating beautiful experiences or like creating beauty in your home, that is not a super unique value proposition, but they do it really well. So I think there's something to be said for It doesn't matter if you are like the most unique brand on the market, if you are executing really well on that brand. Do you mean by that your client experience is really 
beautiful that you're giving them a lot of value or attention? Or do you just mean that the whatever the aesthetic is of your brand, if you've ex- executed it at a high level, it will still stand out? Yeah, so more of the latter, but I, I did want to make a point about this. The Magnolia brand or the Fixer Upper brand, whatever you want to call it, they are selling a design product, meaning like they're selling stuff that makes your home look good. Okay. And this sounds so obvious, but I have worked with enough people that I know that this is not something that comes supernaturally. If you are selling a design product, if you are selling something that you're hoping people will buy because it's pretty, it has to be well-designed. It has to actually be pretty. And this is like, for all of you words of words of wisdom pretty stuff should be pretty oh my like you would think that that's so obvious this is like i say this with all of the love in my heart for people who are trying to do this but if you're selling something like home decor stationery baby products and you're really trying to sell to the crowd of aesthetically minded people you better make sure that your products are very aesthetic and if they are great that will work for you that can be your thing But I see a lot of people who really want to sell a design product and it's just not that well designed. You have to, you have to invest in that. So for the Magnolia brand, they do have this really beautiful client experience. Everything they do is beautiful. You haven't been to Waco, but when you come visit, we should go there. It's just so dang cute. Every single thing is branded and beautiful and fits within this larger color scheme and everything is well landscaped and manicured and just the details have been thought through. And this isn't true. Like this doesn't have to be true for every brand because not every brand is a design brand. That's kind of what I'm trying to say. But for them, every single place on whatever you call that, the silos is Instagrammable. Like there is no, there's no corner that it's like Disneyland where even the trash cans are well-designed Yeah, (laughs) because they're trying to create this design image. I like that she kind of simultaneously built her brand as an interior designer, but also just as a person. That really resonates with me. Kind of like I was saying, she has her personality and she's real, but I also think she's talented and has good taste. And if I was sitting down with her, I would love to find out how much she actually designs now versus, you know, even like, does she operate as the creative director for her brand? Does she have other people who are doing that? kind of how that has changed as the brand. Yeah, that's a good grown. question. Does she think of herself as the creative anymore? Or is she just high level management or just the talent? Right. I don't know. But it's amazing how much that brand has grown. Yeah, that's wild. You know, it's big when at the checkout stand, there's a magazine just of Joanna Gaines. Yes. Like she's the Oprah of her own little world. Exactly. Exactly. She has really created, I don't like the word empire because it sounds scammy to me for some reason, but it really, like it is a world. Okay. Just for contrast, I will tell you here, here, I'll tell you one of the brands that I thought of, Okay, which while I was sitting at my desk at work, it was actually kind of hard to think about what are brands that I am loyal to. It's actually very hard to think. I mean, I have like a running list that I keep because of what I do, but it's hard when you're put on the spot to be like a target. Right. But for me, I was like, what brands do I think are well done that I'm loyal to that I think is worth the money? Mm-hmm. And I was I was thinking, I think Fenty Beauty is a great brand. Mm. I know that you have recommended their products a lot. I think their products are high quality. All the stuff that I have tried, I like and I use and I would use again and recommend to other people. Mm-hmm. And I'm not someone who is a huge beauty guru. 
I'm a normal person who like goes to work and comes home and yeah. has to wash my face every night. So anything that's too complicated or just too shiny is not for me. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, Rihanna has convinced me that I need I need her stuff, that her, her lip gloss is better yes. and her contour stick is better than what I can get at the drugstore. And everything I've tried, I have liked and forced other people to buy too. So I'm drinking the Kool-Aid on that one. Yes, I love Rihanna's brand. And this brings me to another point that I wanted to make about branding, which is you cannot separate a brand identity, the design from the actual product. Yeah. You can't really have a brand that doesn't deliver. It's just, it's impossible to separate the two. And it's like a brand is really only as good as whatever it's actually promising, whatever it's actually doing. Her packaging is also beautiful. Right. The closures on a lot of her stuff is magnetic, which makes them really simple to use. I like that. The shapes are all consistent. The tones are all very neutral. And so the products, the blush and the lipstick, it all really stands out. Yeah. But ultimately for a beauty, for a beauty brand, the product has to be good. Right. Like it has to stay on your skin and it has to not smell gross and it has to last all day. And even though I also don't think that I'm not anti-Rihanna, but I wasn't someone who was as devoted to her as I was to other musicians. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think you're necessarily a huge Rihanna fan. No, but her stuff I do buy. Mm -hmm. And she's, anyways, she's done really well. Yeah. I think the point that I wanted to make, even if you have the best luxury product, if the product sucks at some point, even the design means crap. A friend of mine was really obsessed with one of those pajama brands on Instagram. I don't know. I don't know how so many people made money selling pajamas on Instagram, but apparently they did. And she was waiting for the launches Mm -hmm. and wanted to get them for Christmas. I think it was just for adults. So it wasn't like she was getting them for her kids or anything. Yeah. She finally, she was online at the right time. She got into the pre-order. She got these pajamas that were going to change her life. And then she got them and she was like, they ripped in two days. (laughs) (laughs) And they were striped and the stripes didn't match up at the seam. And she was so mad about this. And I was like, I feel for you. We've all had that feeling when your online shopping package comes and it's not when you expected. Yes. But I was like, did you really think that the best pajamas in the world were sold by a blonde woman on Instagram? Do you think she invented pajamas? Like what makes you think that these are the highest quality pajamas? Yeah. She's getting them manufactured in China just like everybody else. Oh my gosh. That reminds me, I when we talk about babies and branding, I feel like this is kind of where influencers have changed the game so much. Anyway, that's a topic for another day. Stay tuned. That's a little teaser for our next episode. Yes. Okay. Other brands that I wanted to mention, I'm skipping down here. The Billy Razors. Do you have a Billy Razor? I don't. Okay. I love... It changed my mind. I think any custom razor... I'm like, what's the deal? So, okay, I'll tell you why they're great for me. I shave my legs every single day. So I go through razors very quickly and I really like to have a good sharp razor. Okay. I shave my legs at least every two weeks. (laughs) Whether you need to or not. Whether I need to or not. And I usually do. (laughs) I just like, it's just part of my routine. I have just discovered that I'm the kind of person that likes to shower and get ready and shave every single day. So for me, it was largely a cost-saving thing for me to get the same number of razor heads each month. It would be $18.99 or something. 
And the Billy Razors at the time were $9 a month. Now they've upped the price to like $11 a month, but still worth it to me. Still cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. And then basically beyond that, it was just the branding. They had a super pastel, right? Yeah. They had this like pastel, but there's a bright orange. There's a bright orange, bright pink, bright, bright red in their colors. And it was just so contrary to all of the typical like Venus shave experience. It just looked so big brand boring to me. Okay. So I loved the visual and then I just saw it over and over and over again. And I was like, sure, I'll, I'll give it a try. You know, I just, I love their packaging. I love the product. I love following them on social media. They share a lot of actual women shaving their actual legs where it's not like a model with perfectly smooth legs, you know, who got waxed right before. Exactly. Exactly. So I really like that aspect of their brand. There's a brand that's kind of tried to copy the same aesthetic. If you looked at them, you probably wouldn't think this, but this is what I think as a designer. It's called Bobby. They sell baby formula. Is it a subscription-based? Yes. I was going to say, it's a brilliant. Why has nobody created a baby formula subscription until now? But Billy, the way that they designed their logo is it's super tall and skinny. So they have these really, really tall L's. Okay. And I don't know all of the reasons behind those design choices. To me, it speaks to like sleek, smooth, like very clean experience, which is what I want when I'm shaving. And Bobby, the baby formula, has tried to do the same thing. So their logo looks very similar to me. I mean, it's a similar name, Bobby, Billy. It looks really condensed. So it's like Bobby and it's all tall and skinny. But I'm like, I don't I don't want tall and skinny for my baby formula. I want like warm, round, chubby, soft. And I'm like, Bobby, you could have made it so round. And instead it just feels a little squished. So just not a huge fan. Interesting. Also, the like basically the same name, Billy with an IE, Bobby with an IE. Right. That's suspicious. That's suspicious. Very suspicious. I feel someone's trying to create confusion in the marketplace. Stay tuned for (laughs) key for trademark episode in (laughs) 26 weeks. I was going to say it's like I see a lot of a lot of brands who are catering to women using one specific traditionally masculine trait to kind of be disruptive. So like they both used the name but I've seen other things that are, and like, I like it. I like that the razors are different. I like that they're trying something new. I mean, we all saw the Dollar Shave Club ads of 2012. I think it's like really working for them. It's just interesting that, you know, businesses copy each other, even even really big businesses, you know. The last brand that I wanted to mention is a brand that I literally wish I started because I love it so much. I don't know if you follow this person on Instagram, but you definitely should. Her name's Ingrid Fattel, and she wrote a book called The Aesthetics of Joy. I have not heard of this person or this book. Oh my gosh. You have to read the book. You have to follow her. I love her. So she is, she's more academically minded than I am. So she did all of this research and wrote this great book on what does joy look like? Like, how do we actually visually see joy? She calls it joy spotting. And she has a bunch of principles that she talks about in her book. One of them is color and not just one color, but specifically if there's a spectrum of colors, we perceive that to be more joyful. She talks about round shapes we perceive to be more joyful. Anyway, it's just this like brilliant combination of aesthetics and smarts and beauty and self-help that I'm just like, oh, this is everything that I love in a brand. Yeah, that sounds that sounds like your dream brand. <laughs> right? 
Does she talk about at all? Sorry to interrupt, but does she talk about trends change? Multicolored stuff is trendy one day and then the next day it's all muted tones and all your babies are wearing beige and stuff like that. Yeah. So she has a course right now that I have been so tempted to buy. It's called something about like loving your home. And it's about helping you figure out what you actually like in your home and then creating that. And it's supposed to be super, I'm like giving an ad for her, but it's supposed to be super friendly for like people on a budget, people who are renting, living in apartments. And one thing that she talks about is kind of the rise of the all white aesthetic. Mm -hmm. And so many homeowners especially are so afraid to put any personality into their home for the resale value. And she's like, you end up doing something that you don't even like when you're living there because you're too afraid that it won't sell well. And so we all have these blank, white, gray houses that just zap our energy and take away our joy. Anyway, so I love following her. It's like a really good blend. One of the things, there's a hashtag you can follow called joy spotting. And so people take pictures of the different ways that they see joy. One of the things that she talks about is faces. Faces bring us a lot of joy. And so she takes pictures every time she sees an object that looks like a face, right? Like you look at your sink faucet and it looks like two eyes and a nose, you know? Yes. Or the cheese grater with the little smile. Yes, exactly. And so a bunch of people take pictures like that and submit them. So if you're looking for a good hashtag to follow, that's one of my favorites. Follow joy spotting. Yes. That's really sweet. It's really sweet. And it's such a cool combination of the science behind it but also the application of it and kind of like we have this intuitive sense that colors make us happy, but then like we only wear black and white and we only have white houses. And she even talks about how they used to make cars in so many more colors than they do now. It's like now everybody just wants a white, black or gray car, you know? Yes. It's like, we don't want any fun in our lives. So I really, I really love her brand and the combination of that. And she also does a really good job I I resonate a lot with people who are building a brand on their skills just as much, if not more so than their personality, because I personally don't want to be a personality famous person. If if I'm going to be known, I really just want to be known for my abilities as a designer and as a brand strategist. Yeah. So I like that about her as well. She's very smart and she has a great personality, but it's, it's more about her skills in helping people create joy visually. So I really love It sounds like it's about the substance too. Like her her ideas are good. And so her ideas happen to be about aesthetics, which translates well, I'm sure on Instagram, but it is that her substantive ideas are good. Right. Exactly. So my other favorite brand, I really tried to think of another one. Maybe I will regret this (laughs) in the future, but I really and truly am brand loyal to Trader Joe's. I like Trader Joe's. I know that's so basic, but it's just the right level of whimsy. Mm. Like the copy on their on their produce is like just clever enough. Yes. That it catches your attention. When I'm in Trader Joe's, I really do feel like everybody there is my Mr. Rogers neighborhood friend. <laughs> when I go to Trader Joe's, I do it as a treat because it's just a little bit further than my normal grocery store. So it feels like I'm yes. taking a little vacation. Same. But I walk through Trader Joe's and there's the same kind of people there at Albert that at Albertsons or Safeway or Smiths or whatever. 
Mm-hmm. But in, when I'm in Trader Joe's, I'm like, these are my people. I would give anybody here a kidney. These are good home, <laughs> homegrown people. Mm-hmm. We're all just here to have a good time and eat too many snacks. And I enjoy Trader Joe's more when I go without my kids. Yes. It's a lot more enjoyable. And I can actually, one of the experiences I love, I actually really like window shopping. I know not everybody does, but I really do. And I really like being able to browse. One of my favorite things about Trader Joe's is walking up and down each aisle. Because I'm like, there's always new things that I want to check Well, out. and also you can do that at Trader Joe's because let's be real, there's only five aisles. Exactly. And like we were saying, I don't go that often. If it was my go-to grocery store, it would be different. Yep. Yeah. It's like, I can go and see what's new. And we always joke that they're like, they have the weirdest names for things. And somehow it's like, we don't even need anything. And somehow we spent $100 here. Yes. I bought seasonal the seasonal item that I bought is a blood orange pound cake. Ooh, that sounds good. So I was going to make it and take it to work tomorrow, but now my nanny's out of town. So I'm taking my baby to work <laughs> and I don't think I can take it. I mean, I, I, I should say, take, take a cake. The pound cake and then nobody will mind that there's a baby there too. That makes sense from an incentive standpoint, but from a physical strength standpoint, I don't think I can walk through security holding a baby and a pound cake. So. Oh my gosh. Yes. Maybe I'll just eat it myself this weekend. <laughs> yes. The blood orange cake, that does sound really good. I, I have been meaning to go to Trader Joe's. It's, it's a great time. I love it. Well, I think that pretty much wraps up this episode. Thank you all for joining us. I think we've done it all. <laughs> we've, we've really come from a very high level, you know, professors, academics, <laughs> all the way down to Trader Joe's. So, But I like it. We need all kinds of brands. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for joining us. And if you would like to follow along with the podcast and what I am doing for my work, you can follow me at Rebecca Peterson Studio or visit my website, RebeccaPetersonStudio.com. And that's Peterson with an O-N. And I look forward to hearing from you. And if you're looking for someone to help you build a really unique brand for your business, I would love to work with you and you can send me a message through my website or on my Instagram. Talk to you soon. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed listening to Aesthetically Speaking. If you want to support the podcast, please leave us a nice review or connect with us on Instagram at Rebecca Peterson Studio. 